This is Tony Jones. I am the co-host of the Game Notes podcast at The Athletic. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for subscribing. Very special guest today, Royce O'Neal of of the Utah Jazz. And and Royce is is a tremendous story because he's a guy uh, that kind of rose from, I call him a bootstrap guy. You know, he wasn't a lottery pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. There was nothing handed to him. Um, Royce, when you look at that, does does that make you appreciate where you are today? Does that make you appreciate everything that you've been able to accomplish and everything that you try to accomplish going forward? Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, kind of my whole life I've been overlooked. Uh, growing up in a small town, you know, Killeen, Texas. Uh, I mean, we got guys who, you know, great at basketball but you know being a small town you got other huge cities around it so um and i think to that helped me get to where i am now Uh, and then not being drafted you know a lottery pick or anything having that extra chip on my shoulder uh, doing whatever i do to you know make a team you know play be on the court at all times playing overseas helped me a lot too what was that overseas experience like um i remember when when the jazz signed you there were two things that that struck me. Number one, when they signed you, they signed you. They they guaranteed the first year of your contract. And I remember talking to Dennis Lindsay. I was like, "Well, you know, you got sixteen guys, my guy." Like, yeah. and he was like, "Well, <laughs> somebody, we're, we're just gonna have a lot of competition in camp." And the second thing was, you know, even when you look at film, you know, I, I had known who you were before. Before I knew you, who you were at Denver because I was actually covering Utah State at the time. Um, but, um, you know, when I went to try to look up your, your overseas film, I couldn't find anything. And nobody else could either. I mean, it was a lot of grainy film. You know, what's it kind of like playing overseas, kind of playing in the shadows and, and, and really off the grid? And I remember you talked to your mom and your mom was like, you got to go overseas to do it. Go overseas to do it and right. show them what, what you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, overseas definitely, you know, uh, definitely great competition over there. Uh, you got guys who play in the NBA that are playing over there, guys who are playing over there that came to the NBA. Um, but it's a different co- concept of basketball. I think more, you know, the team involved, like you don't have like one guy who sticks out the whole time like a superstar like that on this on one team, you know, it's a bunch of team guys. And, uh, I mean, you don't get like a lot of exposure over there. You know, it's not televised as much like coming to the States, but, um, you know, I think, so it is kind of hard to find the film, but, you know, just coming into my situation from summer league, you know, I was with the jazz for like two days before I had to go play with the Pelicans. And then, uh, that was like a commitment that, you know, I did all myself and they wanted to see me. So, um, and then uh, coming into training camp, you know, once they signed me, they told me that, you know, I was going to have to fight for that last spot. And then, you know, they said, don't try to go out of your character, you know, do anything, just be yourself. And I think just coming in, being myself, like, helped me to get where my head, you know, playing defense, you know, uh, when their opportunity presented themselves, playing hard, you know, playing, being a team guy. How much did it help you going to Baylor, not being the guy in terms of not having to change your game a lot to make to make it to this level? 
Uh, it helped me a lot, you know. Uh, growing up, uh, I was kind of that guy, you know, especially in high school. I was like the main star of the team. Uh, and then going to Baylor, you know, being another, just another guy, uh, you know, surrounded by great players. So I think that, you know. You played with Isaiah Austin, right? Yeah, Isaiah Austin, yeah. Corey Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, Brady Heslett, Torian Prince, a uh, bunch of other guys. So I think, you know, just having a great team, great group of guys around who are high character, high value, IQ guys, you know, help me get to where I am. Did you play on that um, NIT team that beat Georgetown? No, I was the year after. That okay. was with Pierre Jackson. You know, the Hoyas were robbed that game by the. By the I don't know. About that. I'm just saying. I'm just listen. I'm just. I don't know about I'm that. I'm just putting the word on the street out there. I'm just saying, Baylor NIT champions. So you know. You know, I mean, you can't take it away, but I mean, it was just. Right. It was just kind of facts that you know the officials kind of robbed robbed the Hoyas that I was very upset. You know, but that that's that's neither here nor there. Um, what, what's your favorite memory? Um, what's your favorite memory of college? I think making the NCAA tournament two years in a row at Baylor. Uh, that's just like another like feeling, you know. Uh, everybody wants to make it, you know, having a chance to play for that national championship. And we made it all the way to the Sweet 16 and lost. That's when Wisconsin won, so. yeah. But uh, just just knowing that we was right there, you know. And what um, when you look at the when you look at growing up, you know, do you still remember that story about your mom? You know, you were seven, eight years old, and your mom made you get out and and defend her in the driveway. Yeah. She, what, uh, what, what was that? What was that like? Like, did you look at her like she was? Did you look at her like she was crazy? Or was you like, all right, I'm gonna lock you up? No, I always looked at her like she was crazy when she said that. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, my sister, my older sister, she played basketball as well. And then I had older cousins who, you know, played basketball. So, I mean, I would always play with them. And I always get mad when my sister beat me, you know, that and in video games. But, you know, my mom told me, you know, get out there and defend her. I was like, what? I was just like, you know, I just, just took the challenge. So, I think just starting at a young age, taking the challenges, you know, not being – uh, afraid to play against whoever it is, no matter who it is. How much has, has she ingrained in you to to be fearless when you're on the floor and and be tough without letting people know you're tough, you know, or not be fake tough? Yeah, uh, a lot. I mean, just growing up, you know, me just playing, like, in the streets. Like, you know, I might come back in the house with, like, a bunch of scrapes and bruises and then, Did you know, she I, send you back out there? Yeah, she was, you know, <laughs> just clean it off. Just told me to go clean it off and just keep playing. But, uh, you know, just every time, like, you know, I get knocked down in a game, she'd tell me to get up. Um, and then even when I had, uh, broke my ankle in high school, like, uh, I was still trying to play because that was just my mentality. But, like, you know, she wanted me to. But, and then after a while, um, she was just like, uh, you know, just that mentally – Toughness. No, we talk about, you know, you playing with that that broken ankle, but there, I mean, I've, I've written about this, and a lot of us have written about this, but that mini camp when, when Spencer Butterfield broke your tooth, yeah. I mean, not a lot of people would have, a lot of people would have just been like, yo, just take me to the dentist. I got to right. go get this back in. Like, I got to go to the club tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's a lot of work out there. 
Right. And you was like, nah, we we gonna hoop. I mean, what was what was your mindset there? And was it kind of like a desperation thing? Because it was like, yo, this was your shot. Uh, kind of. You know, I just you know took the opportunity because uh, you know that was the summer league. I was supposed to you know play in New Orleans or whatever, but Utah wanted me to come in for a couple of days, so I was like, yeah, I will. And then it was literally like the first drill, like closeout drill. Like he drove, knocked my tooth out. I thought it was just my lip. And then Coach uh, uh, Alex Jensen was like, yo, we got a tooth on the ground. And I was like, <laughs> fell my mouth and I was like, oh, snap. And then so they pulled me out. And then I was like, well, can I keep playing? And then it was like, no, we're going to take you to the dentist and get it fixed. And I was like, well, what time is the next practice? And Because I wanted to, like, you know, come to the next practice to be ready. And then so I went, you know, they did a little fill-in, fixed it up. I came back and then came back and it was starting from there. When, when you look at that moment, I mean, because everybody has a moment. Everybody's got a turning point. You know, mine in my journalism career, um, I was, you know, a part-time reporter at the Danbury News Times. And and I was at the NABJ convention and and Don Lindley saw my stuff and, and, and gave me a full-time job. And that was the turning point in my career. So was that the turning point in your career? Or can you look at another point in your career that you could say, hey, that, that was the turning point? Um, I think that might have been the turning point. You know, I feel like if you ask, like, Dennis or Jay-Z and those guys, they might, you know, bring up that, that same instance. Uh, AJ still does to this day. Um, so I think, you know, that might, might've been like one of the turning points in my career. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, you look at that as a turning point, but I think one of the defining moments just from my perspective was, um, your rookie year, end of your rookie year, Ricky Rubio gets hurt. You have to start that entire Western Conference semifinal series against the Houston Rockets. You spend a lot of time on, 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 uh, on James Harden. Um, you spent a lot of time on James Harden, but you really played well on, on both ends. Was, was that a moment for you that you were like, hey, I, I can play this at a high level, or did that moment come a long time before? I know there's 82 games in the season, so. Uh, I'll probably say it came, you know, like during the season, you know, I had a couple of games. Like, you know, Ricky uh, got injured, you know, so, like, I had to, like, start, you know, some games. Uh, even at the beginning of the season when I first got my chances. Um, and then, you know, leading up to that. And I say one of the big moments is when we played San Antonio at home. And I got a big stop. And, you know, Coach Quinn gave me a hug after the game. You know, Manu. Yeah. Yes. Stop with him. Because I think it was he gave you the hug. It wasn't because you got the stop. Nah, it but was, it was because of the scouting report. Right. He's a shot fake, you know. Yep. Don't let him go left. So, you know, just little stuff like that. And I think that was a big moment. And then, you know, playoffs, uh, coming in being a rookie at the time, you know, uh, as long as Donovan, you know, he was starting. I think just us two, you know, not thinking of ourselves as rookies. Uh, then, um, you know, those guys just having me, giving me the confidence to start, you know, on James, having the challenge and then playing both ends, you know, just being myself, you know, not having a lot of pressure. How was those uh, Benny Hanna runs with Donovan your your rookie year? Uh, there we go. You know, we had a couple. That was Donovan's spot. So, would you order? Uh, I always got the same thing, like chicken and shrimp, right? So, 
Oh man, it was it was fire. I mean, yeah. Um, when you when when you look at where you are now, what has been your biggest um, mode of improvement in your in your game? And 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 talk about um those workouts with with, with Harden and during the summers because I know you're a Houston guy and and Harden's really adopted the city of Houston. Um, you know, kind of as a second home. And I know that, you know, you guys have, have kind of gone at it during the summers. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, just the development, you know, just love being in the gym, uh, work ethic. Uh, you know, Lamar Skeeter, you know, him him pushing me every day, working out, you know, during the summers. Um, even though that's the time to rest, but, you know, I still want to get better. And, and, you know, just thinking of every day like it's my last day. Just having to being grateful to play basketball. And you know, those summer workouts, you know, uh James, you know, they were good. You know, just building that connection, you know, friendship over time and then battling each other during the season and playoffs. So when you talk about, you know, being somebody who can carve out a role, you know, how important is it to be able to be switchable defensively? Um, and how important is it to be able to to knock down shots in today's NBA? Uh, I think just, you know, thinking, looking at how the game is changing and expanding, you got guys who play multiple positions, um, who guard multiple positions, uh, love shooting. You got big guys who shoot now. So I think just spacing the floor, you know, is a high caliber thing that, you know, today's NBA, everybody looks for to be a shooter, especially a, you know, high volume or a high efficient shooter. So I think just being one of those guys, uh, just spacing the floor, creating space for everybody else, you know, being open. What's the banter like between you and James? Like during, like if he scores on you, is he better? like, listen, ain't nothing changed? You know, is it kind of like that? Or is it, you know, one of those things where you guys don't talk? I mean, you don't really talk a lot. but no, Not really. It's not like really talking, you know, go at it during the games. You know, uh, you know, might get a stop. Uh, might say something to him or, uh, you know, just try to bug him as much as I can. So what's the, who's been the, so Kevin Durant was your guy growing up, correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, first was Allen Iverson mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, Kevin Durant was a big guy, you know, him going to UT. So, you know, he became one of my idols and also Carmelo, mm-hmm. you know, how you, was like in middle school, I used to wear number fifteen, and on my AU team, they used to call me Young Melo. So, when um, who who's been the tough? Your, I don't want to say who's been your toughest guard because I don't want to put I don't want to put it. I don't want you to say one guy, but who's been like your three or four toughest guards? I mean, that's tough. You know, I'm always taking the challenge. You know, guarding the top scorer, best player on the team. So, I don't know if I could just say three guys. Um. Okay, so when you look at this year, you guarded Giannis, you guarded Kawhi, you guarded Damian Lillard, uh, you've guarded Trey Young. I mean, you've I mean, Kyrie. pretty much you've guarded Kyrie, you've PG. guarded yeah, PG, pretty much everybody. What's been what's that experience been like? Because this is the first time that you're consistently in the starting lineup and. You know, consistently, coaches like, okay, I'm putting you on the best guy. 
and if you know as you're you know you got to sink or swim we're not going to shade a lot of help your way you just got to get over screens you got to you got to do what you got to do and make it tough on these guys right um it's been tough it's been a challenge um you know coach giving me that responsibility knowing I'm gonna step up to the challenge um you know uh, just watching a lot of film on those guys you know, try to take away stuff they like to do, um, you know, make things tough, tough for them, uh, whether it's making them take tough shots or forcing them, you know, like Rudy, so he can block the shots and stuff like that. Uh, trying to, you know, find out if they have any weaknesses, little stuff like that. When you look at this season, where do you foresee, to foresee, this, foresee the season going for you guys as a team? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, we got a chance to, you know, do something special. Uh, you know, from, you know, we started, you know, we had a, you know, rough start, especially, you know, with a bunch of new guys. So, you know, everybody was talking like, it's just a team, but we didn't really, you know, we just focused on ourselves and then we picked it up, you know, found our rhythm, stride, you know, won what, like 18, like 20 games or something like that. 19 or 21, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, bringing back guys from injury, you know, making trades, you know, so I still like we're making adjustments to seeing, you know, finding out each other. But, you know, as far as we have come now, I think, you know, we have a great team. You know, I mean, this this four game stretch, I mean, I know it's been a tough stretch for you guys. How do you how do you look at it? Because, you know, is it is it hard to keep an even kill over 82 games or or is it hard to not look at four straight games and be like, you know, you know, we got to pick this shit up. Um Where's the balance between figuring stuff out and real just being like, hey, it's one of eighty two, or it's two of eighty two, or four of eighty two? Um, you know, see, eighty two games you don't have ups and downs. Um, you know, I think we just can't be bummed off. You know, we play one bad game. You know, just got to look forward to playing another game right after that. Um, so I think. Just basically, you know, just taking it one game at a time, you know, each game is going to have different game plans, you know, adjustments that we have to make throughout the whole game. So I think just finding ourselves and playing within ourselves. When you when you look at um, the rest of this season, how do you come – how do you go into the All-Star break um, as, as good as possible and, you know – how 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 forward are you looking to to having a break, and what do you plan on doing with that break? Yeah, I think you know finish as strong as we can. You know, try to win all the games. Uh, you know, if we can, um, but you know, not thinking ahead, not focusing on the break. Even though the break is going to be good for everybody, you know, get their rest, recovery, come back. You know, Donovan and Rudy uh, represent us in the All Star game. You know, big ups to them. You know, they earned it throughout the whole season, you know, the past couple of years, actually. And then uh, you think everybody getting that little break and then coming back, being ready for the second half of the season because, you know, we got to make a push, a uh, strong push, you know, especially towards playoffs. I need you to tell I need you to tell me what your nickname is through the team. My nickname? Yeah. Uh, Rolls Royce with buckets. Really? Yeah. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear Big Mill? Yeah, I got that Big Mill, you know, because during the game I'll be eating, you know, so. Yeah. Appreciate Derek for that. No, that was uh, that was. I mean, 
That, that was that was one. What, what's the one that you like the most? Uh, I like them all really. You know, I think Big Mill like it's been a you know it's been a new one. You know, I kind of adjusted to it. So when when did you, when did you get that one? I can't remember the first time. I know it was like during a play or some. And, uh, Derek, I guess they posted on Twitter and said it. And, you know, he he called me Big Mill. I was like, I like that. And so ever since then. What's the um, what's the Houston basketball culture like? Uh, it's tough, you know, just that whole area. Cause uh, you know, high school I went to Harker Heights, so we played like Austin, Dallas, Houston's teams. Uh, so we traveled a lot. Um, and I think you know, just the Houston basketball. You know, as I've been there, as my mom moved there, it's just you know, just seeing it grow, like the talent. And then just all of all of Texas, really, you know, it's the kids coming out of those areas. It was it difficult um, forging an identity growing up, just as a basketball culture, knowing that Texas is such a football state because you run into that same thing in Florida, mm-hmm. little bit in California because Texas, Florida, California, those are like the three, you yeah. know, football states, right. especially right. Texas. Yeah, I mean, so it, was that was that. Was that dynamic kind of tough, or was, you know, when you when you grow up kind of in Houston, I mean, there was already obviously there's already a rich history of basketball culture already established. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they intertwine. You know, I feel like they balance each other out because you also got guys who play football, who, you know, can, after the football season play basketball, or guys who play basketball that play football first. You know, so. And I think just with Texas being a football, you know, dominant state, uh, basketball is really right there neck and neck with it. So, What do you foresee Royce – how do you foresee Royce O'Neal's career progressing over the life of this this contract? And congrats on the contract. Appreciate it. If we it. ever go out, Neal's definitely on you. <laughs> you sure? I'm, I'm for I sure. Got I got you. I'm a journalist. I got you. Um, now, where do you foresee your, your – I mean, your, how do you foresee your career progressing? Uh, definitely just get better, you know, every day, keep growing, a player on and off the court, um, you know, become more, you know, still a better consistent shooter, uh, better on the defense end. Um, and then, you know, just playmaking, you know, trying to be a leader on the court, you know, help other guys get better while I'm getting better and just being, you know, one of the main guys, you know, try to become somebody in the league. So this has been your Game Notes podcast. I am Tony Jones. I am your host, your co-host with Zach Harper. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to the Game Notes podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And, and Royce, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you, man. Nah, man. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. And, and thank you to the Utah Jazz uh, for, for allowing this to happen. Once again, this has been your Game Notes podcast. I am Tony Jones. Thank you for listening. Thank you.